Welcome to the ReChurch Podcast. This is Tyler Armstrong, the student pastor at 12th Street Baptist Church in Rainbow City, Alabama, with our lead pastor, Thomas Winborn. We are asking the question, how can we become the church that Jesus intended? What's up, everybody? Um, I know you can't see this, but we are meeting in a new location with a new microphone. We are in the <laughs> Thomas Winborn's office. So what's up, man? How you doing today? Good, man. How you doing, Tyler? I don't know, man. Like, I always feel like every time I come in here, I'm like, gosh, I just want this office. <laughs> Your office, I think, might be bigger. It is, man, but I got that, you know, huge zoo window. Like, I feel like you a zoo animal. Have the zoo window. Yeah, it's like a zoo yeah. window. Like, hey, come see the student pastor. That's for your protection, habitat. right? I mean, we, you know, we're always worried about liabilities. It is. So it is. That's good for your protection. Yeah, meeting with monitors and, and things yeah. like that. And it's also great to, like, you know, we've used it as whiteboards. Yeah, you can write um, on it. And and, and, and and sometimes, man, it's just great to just come spy on me and see what's going on. Like, you know, like that's what y'all usually do, like just come stand in the window. And so, Michael Myers yeah. style, like I did on that podcast the other day. Oh, no, that video you shot the other day. You called it ninjing, but it was definitely Michael Myers. It was Michael Myers style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not familiar with Michael Myers, Halloween movies. Don't go watch it. We're Don't, not recommending it. Do not go watch those. But anyway, so who's got your ear this week? Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, the briefing with Albert Moeller. Uh, it is, it's a good place. So if you're looking for news, but you want to see a Christian angle on things, the the briefing Al Moeller hits things. He, he scours. I don't know how he does it. He scours so many news sources, finds good stuff, and then he does like two or three or four top stories and how to look at that from a Christian worldview. So really good stuff. I listen to it for a long time. I kind of wane. I go back and forth. I listen to it for a month or two. Then I don't listen to it for a month. I mean, it's just one of those. Yeah, but it's good. It's um, it's it's the best like Christian worldview. You know, you know, news yeah, yeah. like in that site. And I mean, that dude only sleeps like three hours a night. Yeah. And he's I like, res- cons- I resonate. I mean, he's consuming so much information though. Like, I mean, he's like, if you see his desk, it's just like stacked with newspapers. So he's constantly consuming New York Times, Wall Street Journal, all that. Yeah. I'm consuming Twitter, man. That's where I get all my news. <laughs> so, I'm such a millennial thing to say. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Like, um, I don't even watch cable news anymore. So, anyway, um, for me, um, it's Ryan and Selena Fredri- Fred- Frederick. Gosh, I can't spit it out. Uh, they do the the Fierce Marriage podcast. Oh, yeah. um, it's just a fun podcast. Um, I, I, I don't remember how I got turned to it. Somebody may have shared something on Facebook or something. But um, they have this, like, devotional. It's like a two-as-one devotional. Me and my wife actually went through it. It's a really simple devotional, but... Um, yeah, they just got a really good podcast. It's just them just having a conversation over just different marriage things. So conflict management, all these things. So really good resource if you're interested in those things. Sounds really good. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. So, so tell me, who are you worshiping with right now then? Man, um, I'm going to throw back to Camp 2019, Jared Espy. So, I mean, right now, you know, typical summer, I'm prepping to go to camp. Jared Espy was our camp leader, um, camp worship leader last summer. Um, our kids love him. Um, the song Kingdom's Calls by him, it's just one of his originals absolutely incredible song you know just like let my heart be for your kingdom's cause i mean it's all mission minded just a really beautiful song what about you brother yeah so this is a different one for me again uh it's by a uh a pair called jenny and tyler this is not our tyler here on the podcast guys uh check out my uh my (laughs) check out my project with jenny do not jenny and tyler (laughs) is the name of the band and um the song is abide abide it's a really good song it's very different in fact i found them because i was listening some Christian artists who um, weren't necessarily doing worship music, but they had a love song from this guy to his wife, and uh, I felt like it resonated with my heart to my wife, and so I sent it to her, and they got mm-hmm. me listening to more of their stuff, and so uh, it's, it's called Abide. If you know me, I'm more into like hard rock or um, 
man, Seattle sound. Yeah, it's more of my style. So this is outside of the box for me, but I like it a lot. Yeah, I enjoyed it when you showed it to me the other day. Um, I haven't listened to it since, but it's one of those things I enjoyed it. And so, yeah, yeah. So, what are you reading now? Really quick, man. I'm sitting here like this. What are you reading? Like Thomas once again. Like it's like oh, I'm reading this, and so got to flex on me a little bit. But that's okay. Go for it. What are you reading? It's not my fault for what you choose to read, Tyler. <laughs> Why don't you start off then? What are you reading? All right. So I am reading Fortitude: American Resilience in an Era of Outrage by Dan Crenshaw. So, and a so, political piece. Yeah, man. Um, not really. I mean, it's more a leadership in all reality. I mean, it's more of a leadership book. I mean, obviously, you know, it's Dan Crenshaw, so you know his. His Texans gonna show. Yeah, but I like that. I like I, Texas. I, I like Dan Crenshaw yeah. too, man. I mean, yeah. could you imagine having a president with an eye patch one day? I mean, the guys. It, Only if he said "arg." Oh, a whole dude, bunch. oh it'd man. be cool. No, I like the yeah. guy. I, yeah. I, I I love listening to him. Yeah. He's got great insights. He's down to earth. I think everybody can relate this, to him. And this book is really kind of good in this like this day and age that we're in right now, where sure. everybody's just living in a per- perpetual state of outrage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really good talking about hey, have fortitude, and it's okay to be outraged. But you sure. know, he he takes being a seal and being in Congress and actually combat and say this is how we can apply these things to the American like ideology, and it's okay to disagree. Like, I mean, yeah. he says those things, and it's, it's, it's really insightful, too. It's so. like a lost art, is disagreeing and not being mad at each other to yeah. hate. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's outrage. Cancel culture, too, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, everybody's getting canceled. I mean, we, I mean, this <laughs> oh, morning, gosh. I mean, this morning we were talking about it, like a band changed their name, and yeah, cops got canceled. I mean, everything's getting canceled right now. Man, they canceled one of my kids' favorite shows. Well, no, well, they're protesting that. They right. haven't canceled it yet, but they're protesting <laughs> Paw Patrol. <laughs> so, I mean, at this point, man, like... I don't know. And so it's just, it's American outrage. So let's have resilience and let's buckle down. Wait, wait, wait. You, you thought I was talking about Paw Patrol being one of my kids' favorite shows. They like that show, but oh, their what? favorite show is Cops. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. It's a moment oh. I can use constantly because they don't have any, like, they bleep stuff Bad out. Boy. Watch yeah, they, they love that song, oh, yeah. and they we watch it, and I use it after every one. I'll pause it, and because there's actually on Pluto TV, it's like free cable TV mm-hmm. on on Roku. Um, you can there's a binge like network channel list of binge things, so you can watch American Gladiator twenty four seven, or you can watch Cops twenty four seven. Okay, why would you want to do that? Well, I don't, but anytime I want to watch Cops, I can see it. Oh, I got you. Okay. So what I will do is I'll use it before bedtime if they want to watch TV with me. I'll throw on Cops. And they love watching the funny intros and outros of Cops. Yeah. And then we'll pause it after each little part of the episode and be like, now here's why this was wrong. Here's why this person's in trouble. Here's what you should or shouldn't do. It's a teaching moment. Family worship at the windborns around yeah. Cops. <laughs> Not worship. <laughs> Bringing up my kids to respect <laughs> healthy authority and to understand what's wrong and what's right yes. in the world. So, yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah, training them in the American way. I got you. And so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so what are you reading? <laughs> so I'm not reading Dan Crenshaw. I'm reading Martin Lloyd-Jones and his commentary on Romans and Tom Schreiner's commentary on Romans. Let me say this. Wow. So when I when I had an opportunity to, to go and listen to Paul Washer way back when I was in seminary, like 2004, 2003, uh, I met with him at a small little thing he was teaching at. I went a couple nights. The last night he was going out to eat. Now, get this. The people that brought him in, they were all clamoring to be with this guy. He asked us to go out to eat with him, me and this other guy from seminary. And so we went, and we were there. They said, where do you want to sit? I'm, you know, Pastor Washer. And he said, well, I want to sit wherever these two guys are. I want to sit with them on either side of me because we're seminarians. And um, we were pretty overwhelmed. It was pretty great. Yeah. We're sitting by him, and I said, hey, uh, Pastor Washer, what – what would you suggest is the best book that I need to read? And he said, Martin Lloyd-Jones' commentary on Romans. 
And I thought, excellent, I'm going to go buy that tonight, and I will have this. Well, I go look it up. It's 13 volumes uh, on Romans yeah, by man. Martin Lloyd-Jones. Martin Lloyd-Jones preached. They're basically all of Martin Lloyd-Jones' sermons. On Friday he, nights. Friday nights from October to May for 13 years he preached through <laughs> Romans. So, I mean, I read I thought, I thought Washer got me, man. You know, like, but he's, he's right, man. If you can read all that and take all that in, man, you're going to be developed. Yeah, um, I borrowed uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones Ephesians um, commentary oh, yeah, for yeah. Ephesians series. I was like, man, that sounds great. Yeah, I'll borrow it. God walks in like seven volumes. Yeah, I think it's eight. Think yeah, it's seven or eight volumes. Time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what is this? And listen, he mentioned Paul Washer. Um, if you want to hear like the like the intro, like the gateway to Paul, Paul Washer, go on YouTube as soon as this podcast 2002. is over. 2002. Better yet, pause this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Pause this podcast right now after I say this. Clear your next hour. Yes, and just go watch shocking youth message that was preached at the Youth Evangelism Conference in Mobile, Alabama. Was it Mobile or Montgomery? No, it was, it was Mobile, Mo- man. Mobile. It 2002. Was 2002. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. That's the phrase. Oh, man. Gives me chills, bro. Yeah. I literally. So he basically preached in that the same passage that I preached like last Sunday. Uh Okay. You'll hear this the week after. But I preached Matthew 7. Okay. And um, what's funny is I was cleaning out some stuff in my office the next few days after that sermon. And I found a cassette tape of me preaching. And it was the same passage, but back from like 2009. Yeah. No, no, 2006, 2007. Cassette. I'm joking. Yeah, and uh, I I looked at it and I, somebody said, "Don't you want to listen to that?" I was tossing the trash. I go, "No, no, no! I know who that is. That's Paul Washer." They're like, "No, it's got your name on it." I'm like, "No, it's Paul Washer." Because I mean, I like I didn't know how to preach. I was listening to guys, yeah. you know, and doing what they do. So uh, yeah. yeah, really funny. Like seriously, just pause the podcast. Go look that up. It's on YouTube. Um, it's really funny. Like 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 looking back, but it's also very convicting. And so that's like the gateway to most of Paul Washer stuff. Is yeah. And if you feel like you get kicked in the face, if you feel like you you get like slapped in the face or punched in the gut when you read a good book about Jesus or somebody that preaches like a David Platt or Francis Chan, Paul Washer is going to kick you in the teeth. Yes. I mean, that's how it feels like over and over again. So, um, what do you, so what's a book everybody needs to read? Uh, this week I'm choosing the kingdom of cults, the kingdom of cults. You heard that right. The kingdom yeah. of cults by Walter Martin. Yeah. The general editor is Ravi Zacharias. Who just recently passed away. Yep. Wonderful man. And uh, this is by far the foremost book on cults. It's like an encyclopedia of cults. 703 pages. Yeah, and it shows you how like Satan maneuvers through these cults and how the enemy works through that and how they all miss the mark. It is the mm-hmm. best thing to go to to learn the basics about any cult. And, I mean, it goes from the big dogs. I mean, from what we would call a cult, which would include Mormonism, mm-hmm. which we would include um, – Oh man, I can think of Jehovah's, Jehovah's, Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses, all the way down to like these little bitty cults that you may never have heard of. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and those people would be really mad for hearing me call them that, but that's yeah, what they are. But that's so. what they are. I mean, and, and just by the definition of what a cult is, I mean, cult isn't is a unorthodox offshoot of something. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what those groups are. Yeah. I mean, you know, we they they need Jesus, they need the biblical gospel, and so um, Walter Martin. Um, if you listen to the Cultish podcast, which I heard somebody start listening to this, uh, listen, yeah, Olivia. yeah, after yeah. Olivia mentioned it, um, it's a great podcast. Um, Walter Martin's the guy who talks at the end of the intro, like I want you to come to Jesus, and because I mean he is the guy on cults. Yeah. This book weighs two and a half pounds. I just yeah, looked it up on beast, Amazon, man. two and a half pounds. I mean it's a beast of a book, but man, I think everybody needs to read it so that you know 
I mean, it's like essentially you're getting the, the enemy's playbook. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, like you don't necessarily have to sit down and read it from front no. to back. You need to have this in your house so reference. that when somebody comes to you and asks a question or you hear about a new thing, you can go and pull it off and you can read it. Or if you're interested in reading about a certain cult, you mm-hmm. can go understand what their background is, what their basis is, why they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's a really good resource. And just to argue from church history. Most cults are rooted in all the heretics of the first, second, and third, and fourth, yeah, fifth centuries. It's all so, repeating I mean, first, it, it's second, crazy, third century. Crazy, yeah. man. And so, so book I encourage everybody to read: "The Pursuit of God" by A. W. Tozer. Really good uh, book. I mean, it's a classic. Um, I, I got this quote out of it: "God must do everything for us. Our part is to yield and trust." I mean, just that idea of yielding to God, laying down your life, and trusting in Him because He has to do everything for you. I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, we should be so infatuated with him. And Tozer does a great job of, you know, teaching us and speaking to us on that level. It's a readable book, too. It's not well, a hard book to and read. The problem is a lot of people push back against that statement. God mm-hmm. must do everything for us because they think, well, I do this, I do that. The air we breathe is brought into our lungs because yes. God set our autonomic systems to work. And they only continue working right now because he holds them in place and maintains and sustains them. So, I mean, everything that happens in us, anything that is good, he must do everything for everything us. Everything for us. It's good. And and Tozer is one of my favorite quotes from Tozer uh, is one that I I use all the time. Um, Basically saying the most important thing about you is what you think about when you think about God. Because basically that determines who you worship and that determines if you're worshiping the Mm -hmm. true God in every moment or not. They just recently, Moody, within the last few years, Moody Publishers um, released a devotion and it's... um, Tozer's Meditations on the Trinity. Oh, yeah, that's good. And, man, I got it in there. Um, and so if anybody ever wants to borrow anything, for real, come hit us up, man. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll gladly let you borrow a book. Just please bring them back. Um, I was yesterday looking <laughs> through my shelf. We were reorganizing my shelf, and I was like, man, somebody got that book. Who did I give that to? And I don't remember who I gave it to. So Yeah, yeah. And what's funny is that uh, I, I, it happens so much. I've lost probably thousands of dollars in books from people not bringing books back. Yes. And so Sorry, a lot man. of the time now, what I will do is I will – I have a system. I can check that book out to somebody. It oh, reminds me like in a month to ask them for that book That's back. genius. So I don't always do it, but I usually yeah. use that. I usually buy multiple copies of books I give away. So Pursuit of God, that's one of those ones that you can just grab it, yeah, books sure. me and grab it in. So, yeah. All right. So today, y'all, topic of the day is we're going to be talking about intentional internship, investing in next-gen church leaders. Yeah. So if you guys aren't aware of this, guys and girls aren't aware of this, we actually have interns or have had interns and currently have an intern here at 12th Street. Now, a lot of this is kind of organic, you know, yeah, a lot of sure. the way that it kind of happened with us. Um, but before we dive deeper into 12 Streets, you know, kind of our internship and how that looks, let's talk about our experiences with internships. So, so Thomas, share your experiences. Well, I, I never had an internship yeah. in a church. Me either. And so, so like, I went to seminary and I begged pastors to pour into me. I said, I will mm-hmm. follow you around. I will do whatever like work you don't want to do. I will research. I will just listen. I will, oh yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to use you for that. And then it just never happened. Yeah. And so those guys had meaningful desires to do that, but it never worked out. Or maybe they just didn't like me. That could be very possible. For right? sure. Um, I did have an internship in college at the Chamber of Commerce here in Gadsden. Nice. Um, and I would say that while that was good to get credit for doing that, I would have to say that I don't think it was an intentional internship. Yeah. I came in, I helped with mail outs, I helped when they had a need for something, but there wasn't like a plan for what to do with an intern. Me and another guy were interning from college and there wasn't a plan. So I think that we, with everything, we need to be more intentional. Yeah. But I think with my own, I, I didn't have, no, I never had an internship to be yeah. a part of. That was me, man. Like, I, I, 
I was never like an officially an intern underneath my pastor at Dwight. Um, I kind of was in that role though. Like, you know, I taught the students on Wednesdays every now and then and planned services and did those things, but I was never like officially an intern. We met a handful of times to talk about ministry things. Um, You know, I learned a lot, but I was, I've never been like in an official internship. And so a lot of what I think me and you, you know, looking at this internship program and, you know, just running through these things, I think that looking at it, we go, what would, I know for me, especially not speaking for you, what would I do if I could go through this? Cause I mean, I think internships are wonderful. I mean, when I started yeah, in part-time sure. ministry at 19 in all reality, like an internship is great for a 19 year old, you know, like they're getting tested in. I mean, I was jumping in full, like, you know, diving into yeah. the wolves, you know? Yeah. And so um, internships are great for that regard. So what's the purpose of an internship? Yeah. So a lot of people see this, like a lot of my friends in ministry, they're like, oh man, I could get an intern and they could do X, Y, Z for mm-hmm. me. You know, I could hand off work. So in their mind, their purpose for an internship is to give them some of the workload to release some of theirs. And it's usually free. Right. Yeah. So it's like free labor. Um, but I think the purpose of an internship is different than that. Purpose, our basic purpose for any internship is that we want to develop future leaders for the church. Yes. And so while we will give them responsibilities, they will have work, they will do things like our interns in the past and intern now are doing a great job of, of, of doing the great things and helping us out. The real purpose is to develop them. And in fact, our stated purpose for the intern program that we are creating is the purpose purposes, plural, of the internship are to, to help the to help the intern discern a clear call to vocational ministry and to equip them for that vocational ministry. Um, and here's the thing. We're not saying that we are doing it perfectly, mm-hmm. so they're going to come learn how to do ministry perfectly. We are saying that we must become more intentional in developing leaders within the church. Otherwise, we're not ever going to have enough leaders if the Lord begins to move exponentially within us. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if you go back and listen to a past episode where we talked about church's training center, this is something else that we can contribute to in that training center mindset. You know, training the next generation of church leaders, the next generation of women's ministers, pastors, kids ministers, student yep. pastors. Yep. Um, if we can just play a small part, you know, in, in, in just developing the kingdom, I mean, this could like shape them from, you know, here on out. And then we maybe just be a little part of their story, but we know that we are being obedient and helping shape this next generation. And so, um, especially the way that, you know, all this kind of organically just kind of fell together. I mean, I, I mean, I think it was the hand of God, you know, just working yeah. within us and saying, hey, I think this is something that we can do. And well, so, organically, in the sense that it happened without a whole lot of intentional action on the yes. part of the leaders, right? Yes. But, like, for instance, you're a good example. You've got two folks that were interns for us who mm-hmm. are now paid part-time staff for us. That was because you intentionally invested in them, whether or not you were intentionally developing them knowingly. And they developed and matured yeah. and came into play where they are now because that was intentional effort, even though it wasn't a laid out program. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things that, you know, I didn't have like a curriculum. I didn't have those things. It was just kind of like, hey, hop in with me. We can serve together. I can use you and then I'll train you in this way. And and, and it's worked out to our favor. You know, the yeah, Lord yeah. has blessed it. And now we have Max, you know, Max Bolin, who is from Moody Bible Institute, um, you know, goes to Bible College up in Chicago. Grew up here, though. Yeah, grew up here, wants to go to student ministry, was supposed to be interning in Brazil. I think we mentioned this story yeah, before. COVID killed that. Yeah, COVID killed that. So he's here now. And um, one of the things that me and him talked about was, you know, he said, when I was going to be doing camps this summer, I wasn't going to be, you know, doing expository preaching to a group of students. I wasn't going to be doing discipleship and all the live stream things. So he, in a lot of ways, God is using this, especially in the season of ministry that we're in, to help train him for further ministry. So, yeah. um, and, and we're getting more intentional as we develop this as we go. And so um, 
I've, I've loved it. It's been so yeah, great. So, sure. yep. so tell me about some of the qualifications. So somebody's listening to this and they say, oh, man, I got somebody in mind that this would be great for them. Yeah. Let's walk through and this. And by the way, this, uh, this is what we want to do. Mm-hmm. We There's not a whole lot that I'm aware of in this area, in this community, in this county of intentional internships. Yeah, for sure. And so we want to be a place where that can happen. They may not be from our church. They may not be you know, a part of a local church near us or in our area, but we could serve in that way for anybody that wants to grow in their ability to understand their call to ministry and then to be developed for ministry. So the required qualifications that we have uh, would be a baccalaureate degree. Uh, in other words, pursuing or having completed a degree, a bachelor's degree. Um, so in the process of doing that, that means high schoolers can come and serve in various ways, but this is not intended for high school students. This is intended for college age or older. So you could be an adult that's through with school or you could be a, a young adult that's in college. Uh, demonstrate a commitment as a growing apprentice to Jesus yourself, a team player, uh, willingness to take on responsibility, successful completion of the application process, which includes a background check for us. It includes being interviewed, um, having uh, your references called. We do a very thorough background check for all kinds of liability reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then adherence, of course, to our 12th Street's mission, our, our vision, strategy, values, and core beliefs. You can't come in here thinking that you may not agree with everything, but you're going to work within that group. Yeah. Okay. And so you're going to work within that to further our mission and what we believe God's called us to do. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't make any sense like if you came in and said, hey, I'm going to play first base. Like, you know, I want to come in and play first base of this baseball team. Right. Well, we already got a first baseman. Yeah. You know, but you can still play on this team. You know, like you can come in and play. You just got to adhere to what we are as a team and as a church. And if you don't buy into those things, then, well, you know. a lot of people and leaders are the worst at this will yeah. come into a, a church and they will think, hey, I love what's going on here, but this and this needs to change and do better because you already have preconceived ideas of what needs to happen. Well, that may not be what God's been leading us to do yeah. or how he's leading us to do it. So you've got to be able to get on board with those things. For sure. So like, tell me about the internships, like, you know, the tracks that we have. Yeah, so there's two tracks. I mean, real simple. A one-year track, which we say a one-year internship would be for the whole year. Um, and all these are adjustable within reason. Um, but we would say that that requires a minimum of about 20 hours a week of work to be yeah. on that one-year track. Or you can do a semester internship, so like a fall or a spring semester or a summer internship that would be about at least 15 hours of time spent each week yeah. interning at the church. It cracks me up. Um, I was talking to Max and Olivia yesterday, and I was like, y'all like – Y'all realize that y'all are like way overworking your hours, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. And 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 they were like, yeah, but we like being up here, like you know. And so, um, yeah, I think that's really cool. You know, they like to just yeah. be hang out with us and chill with us and get and, and they love to work. When you so, say that, hang out and chill, like yeah. we're working our roots oh, off. Oh yeah, man. But they're hanging out with us and they're doing work too. I mean, they're they're picking up. I, I yeah. walked in the other day into your office. You weren't in there, and, and Max is at the table. He's got his pods, his AirPods in. I said, hey, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm going back and I'm working on the old podcast stuff. I'm getting it up to date with this, this, and this. And I was like, wow, I'm glad. I never even thought that could be done because of time. Thank you for doing that. That's really yeah, helpful. Yeah. You know, he's just finding stuff to do. Yeah, and that's Olivia. That's that's Luke. Yeah, that's Luke all of them. Too, yeah. Like, I mean, the, like Luke, Luke and Olivia were texting me last night saying, "Hey, here's those here's the sweatshirt designs that we have for the fall sweatshirts for the students." I'm like, I ain't even thought of those. Like, yeah. you know, like. <laughs> and so, well, and by the way, did you hear their podcasts? Like, did you listen to their podcast? They did the 12th Street Daily podcast yeah, they, that usually I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I tasked each of them to do three. I sat down with them. We worked through how to exegete the passages, how to put them together, and kind of hands on throughout. But it's their work. They did it, and man, they have rocked they it. They have killed it. They've that's done so they well. They have done with such it. a good job. Yeah. And and I mean, I like when he, I heard Thomas doing this, I thought, man, look, 
I wonder how they're going to do with that. Like, like for real, like, I mean, just kind of seeing how that's they can hard do. To do. It's hard to take a truth from Scripture and, and break, break it down, down to three, five, minutes, yeah, three, three to five, five minutes. minutes. And yeah. that's insane. And so, and they've done such a great job. I was yeah. telling Thomas, I listened to it, finally listened to them all, and such a great job. Um, so what are the components of our internship? And so what would you say, like, the pieces of the internship is? Yes, yeah, so there's a lot to it, right? So while you're here, and obviously if you're here for a whole year, you're going to get a lot more out of it mm-hmm. than you would for a summer. But the summer's going to be great, and we'll have a curriculum set up for each of those. But it's going to be based off experience-based learning. I mean, ministry experience is what this internship is all about. Um, and then we also will have leadership um, that's transformational leadership training. Yeah. Uh, that transformational leadership is essential to effective and reproducible ministry. Um, the intern when they serve here is going to gain a lot of valuable templates for how to lead in certain environments. And that's a huge part of it because you can be a leader, but if you're not leading people to transformation, it's, it's not on the mark for the church. No. I mean, what the problem is, is that we've constantly valued information over transformation, especially yes. in what we do. And even going back to experience-based learning, the best way to learn how to do ministry, especially I'm talking vocational ministry, is to do vocational ministry. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways. I mean, um, I make I was telling my wife the other day, like we we're talking about my son, he's one, and I mean, talking about him learning how to swim. And I said, babe, the best way to teach him how to swim? Get him in the water. Just get him in the water. Yeah. Like, get him in the water, let him swim. Let, let him do those yeah. things. Let him be a little bit more independent. And that's... I mean, 19 years old, jumping full for like head on into you know a church I didn't I'd never been to doing ministry like that. I can't I can't tell you how much that you know helped shape me even to today. Well, you know? the, the way that that helped shape you the best is when you have one of these other components in that's a part of this, which is ministry coaching. Yes, you need to have a coach, and so one of the things the so intern, hold up, what's the difference between a coach and a mentor? Like, kind of explain that for okay, me. Okay, so you'll have many mentors, maybe even multiple mentors at once, but a coach is someone that's intentionally trying to get you to move forward in a certain aspect. A yes. mentor is somebody you go to when you feel like it. A coach is more planned out. So, for instance, the intern's coach will meet one on one with them biweekly like every couple of weeks for at least 30 minutes to discuss ministry with the intern. So you're talking about that as just what's going on in ministry, how they're growing, how they're doing. They're going to determine or make sure that the intern's growing in their ministry competence during the internship. Um, and part of that then goes along with biblical education, um, developing a rich, full Jesus centered biblical and theological foundation is essential to effective Christian ministry. That's why we have a lot of churches that are not Jesus centered right now and that are not orthodox because they haven't, the people leading them have not been developed mm-hmm. in this area. So this is really important for us. We need to make sure that they receive regular instruction and training in this area. And so one of the things we're going to do is with the resources we get for them when they're interning, we'll be walking them through doctrine um, theology, we'll yes. be talking about uh, the biblical theology, systematic theology, we'll be giving them assignments. They'll do these assignments outside of their work hours. So there'll be something they do at home, extra homework they have to do and things they have to write um, that'll be helping them be more prepared for ministry. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I cannot express like the value of biblical education. I mean, even in like, I mean, when I say biblical education, many people jump to seminary or they jump to these things. You Once again, going back to the Church's Training Center episode, the church can teach these things just as effective, if not more effective in a lot of ways. The church should be teaching these yes. things. Yes. And I mean, I, I mean, growing up, like, I mean, I didn't know a lot of these things, you know, yeah. I mean, and, and nothing against the church I grew up in. I knew the Bible, you know, but I didn't dive deep as deep as I could in these things. And I think that biblical education is such an important thing of an internship, an important yeah. piece of an internship 
Because it's so undervalued. You what? pointed that out. Like so many churches, I mean, we have pastors in the pulpit who aren't biblically educated. Yeah, and let me say this too. I went through 96 hours of a master's degree, mm-hmm. seven seven classes in, in, in Greek and Hebrew. Um, I went through systematic theology one and two, New Testament one and two, Old Testament one and two. I mean, all these administration courses. I went through all that. When I graduated, you know what I didn't have? A clear, defined path for how to make a disciple. Yeah. That's crazy to me. Yeah. That's insane. So I basically, I got I went off for three and a half years worth of work and came home and did not know how to make a disciple clearly and concisely. And so there's a problem there. The church has, the church should own the mantle and carry the mantle of discipling people yes. in all these ways and developing them for ministry. And we're in a place where we can help do that for some young folks. Yeah, and or older folks. I mean, I shared on Facebook yesterday that you know, um, yesterday was like the ten year anniversary or eight-year anniversary of me preaching, um, you know, only my second ever Sunday morning message. And that was because the pastor at the time, Jay Stewart, the white Baptist, invested in me and said, hey, this is how you preach and walk me through those things and coached me in it. Um, And so having that and then having that education of saying, hey, this is how you preach a sermon. This is how you do these things. You cannot do that. And for younger guys and even younger girls, I mean, like with Olivia teaching her how to exegete a passage and all this. Man, you cannot overvalue those things. Oh, yeah, no and doubt. so, and it's, it's, once again, future, 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 as we're thinking. So what else is a part of so it? So personal development is another one of the components. It's similar to ministry coaching, but it's also a lot different. It's more about who the intern is than what the intern does. So two times per month, the intern's coach will meet one-on-one for at least 30 minutes for personal development with each intern. That means the purpose of this meeting is to ensure that the intern is growing as a person and as a Christian during the internship. Um, this is a huge thing because a lot of people, we do not recognize where our blind spots are. That's why they're called blind spots. So we need somebody to help us become more self-aware. Yes. And that personal development coaching is really important. Mm-hmm. I mean, go back to our self-awareness episode. I mean, I keep going back to other episodes that we've done, yeah. but go back to you are not as self-aware as what you think you are. And yeah. that and that really definitely applies to, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 year old old people. That applies to 80 year old people. Yeah, it does. I mean, I know a lot of folks that think that they are very mature and very self-aware, but have glaring blind spots. Yes. And that's any of us could be. Yeah. I mean, it could definitely could. I I just remember being that age and thinking I was so invincible thinking that I knew it all, you know? Sure. I mean, just, just kind of having that hubris. Um, luckily we have none of that, you know, I'm so (laughs) thankful. Like I look back and I'm like, man, God bless the men in my life that poured into me because I was hard headed. I didn't listen to them. I thought that I had it you all keep together. Keep speaking like this is in the past. Oh, dear. you were oh, hard headed. Wow. You were. Wow. <laughs> okay, y'all. Wow. Anybody that knows you or me knows that we are. Oh, so you see now he's trying to least, me. or me or slightly to me. slightly confident here. Yeah, we're yeah, slightly man. confident. Just a little bit, bro. So. <laughs> That's a nice way of saying it. Yeah, man. So personal development helps us to see that, you know, and so yeah. as. The last two components, all right, are uh, pastoral care and administration. Yes. And honestly, uh, I had one class on administration, did not cover enough of things. Me too. Man, how to do budgets, uh, calendaring, (laughs) time management, record keeping, church polity, procedures, risk management. I mean, all these things that are so important. I mean, the church would fail without this, but so little is taught in seminary on that. Can I just speak to Thomas really quick, Uh y'all? I'm so thankful for this dude. Because, like, your budgeting process, I was horrified the first time I saw this. And, I mean, I'm, like, absolutely terrified of this budget process that he does. It's called a ministry-based budget process. 
and y'all having a zero out. Math is not my strong suit. I don't know what I'm doing. And this guy goes, okay, this is what you do. And I mean, and, and, and I mean, he walked me through it. He coached me through it. And I was sitting at the for the church conference in Midwestern at my seminary. And I'm going, I'm literally sitting inside the, inside the chapel going, I don't know how to do this. Like I genuinely don't know how to do this. <laughs> y'all now I feel like looking at that and learning how to do this. Number one, it's giving me more ownership in my budget. Number two, I feel like a lot more confident in numbers. I can actually sure. read our budget now. Like used to at Deacon's <laughs> meetings, I'd be like, man, where in the world is Harold Algo at? Like, what, what, where is he in this budget yeah, right now? Because he understood it. And, yeah. he, and it, if you're an accounting person, you understood this kind of things. It was easy. Yeah. But if you've never had to work within that framework, it's hard to understand. And that's why I told Luke, I mean, like even like, you know, Luke just walked in just now. I tell Luke, hey man, go get like a business degree with some kind of accounting background yeah, sure. because you do not understand how much of that is in the church. So oh, yeah. Luke is going to have that background, but even still different churches do it differently. So I'm super thankful for Thomas coming in and coaching me through that administrative side. And that's one thing that Thomas really emphasizes is, a, you know, administration. You know, these things, it helps to keep things orderly and without the chaos. Because I'm I'm not a very organized guy. Well, God is not the author of chaos. No, he is God not. God is ordered. Mm-hmm. God is, is, everything has its place. He systematically does things. Yes. And so we should reflect that. And it's hard, man. Life, everything moves towards chaos in this world of sinful world we live in. And so it's hard to do that. But the bigger one, even above administration, that many pastors overlook and that many people are not developed in anymore is pastoral care. Oh, man. I mean, it's one of the most overlooked and undervalued areas of ministry in the church today. And the intern that comes on with us will be required to accompany different pastors for different types of care visits, like hospital visits, homebound member care. Which are difficult right now. Yeah, right I mean, now we're kind of stuck. We can't do a lot of that. We're not allowed into a lot of those places. But it's such an important place. I mean, the intern will, will get relevant experience, including how to do baptisms, weddings, funerals, pastoral counseling. These are things that like you have to learn on your own a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I literally was serving in a church in South Alabama the first time I ever baptized anybody. Um, there was some disgruntledness within that pastor for various reasons in the church. And a lady had come up when I preached one Sunday and wanted me to do the baptism. He was very unhappy that she wanted me to do the baptism. Um, I didn't even know this was going on. Okay, I just knew that I was asked to do the baptism. Um, when I came in that morning to get ready to baptize her, I came in early and to make sure things were set up. And I didn't know what to do. And I walked in and this guy wasn't there. I'd never done a baptism. Nobody ever told me how to do a baptism. All I knew was what I'd seen. And so I had to learn the hard way. That was horrible. Oh, I can't even imagine. <laughs> that <was> horrible, dude. <laughs> Thank, shout out to Earl Mitchell, man. That guy walked me through every step of a baptism. See, man, it's so important oh, for that. You, These little you, yeah. things are really big things. And so that's what we want to do. We want to equip everybody that wants to even think about going into ministry and help them to find whether or not they are called to ministry vocationally and then, and then equip them to do so. And part of it is going to be resources them, you know, getting them books, getting the resources, showing the right kind of, the biggest questions I had coming up and being a pastor is what is an okay commentary to have? Yeah. What is a good quality, you know, right uh, thinking book mm-hmm. to read on this subject? Yeah, you look the, at a library, you look at Amazon, there's so many things, there's so yeah. much crud. Which, I mean, one of the things I would always recommend people, too, is there's a really good resource out there called Building a Theological Library by Daniel Aiken, um, who's the president of Southeastern yeah. Baptist Theological Seminary. Yeah. Um, he has just a list of all the best commentaries. And then there's also a website of them. I'm saying bestcommentaries.net, best com- I don't know, I don't remember, but you can actually look it up. And um, it tells you all these great commentaries. But I'm the same way, man. Like, I didn't even know that commentaries existed. <laughs> I mean, yeah. seriously, until I was like 19, 20 years old, and Jerry Rogers bought me this, like, this, this, like, concise biblical commentary. And I was like, 
oh my gosh, like this could put it like this opens up the whole wealth of the scriptures. And then like I discovered the preaching the word series. And oh yeah, it's good. That's stuff. like my favorite, man. And just I mean, and there's different types of commentaries. So which one do you get? You know, and there's yeah. different series. And so there's all these different pieces. And so Thomas, tell me about a few of the resources that you know we're going to recommend. You know, heavily. Um, well, yeah, we recommend them heavily. We'll, we'll resource them to our interns, especially for the year long, and then some of these for the the summertime. But the ESV Study Bible, mm-hmm. you need a good study Bible. The reason I love ESV Study Bible is because it doesn't go in and tell you how to apply each and everything, which is very nuanced. But it actually just helps you to better understand the text. Yes, it is the best one I've ever seen holistically for a deep study Bible. It is recommended on every syllabus that I'll have. Yeah, the yeah. ESV Study Bible is recommended for every seminary. And not the ESV Reformation Study Bible, not the ESV MacArthur Study Bible, the ESV Study Bible. Mm-hmm. That's period. what I get. That's I mean, that's usually what I get. You know, our seniors is well, ESV, be honest ESV with you, Study Bible. I mean, to be honest with you, you can do it. Like, okay, here's one: you can just get the app online. Mm-hmm. Hey, just online, pay like a couple bucks a, 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 a month or a year, yeah. and you can get it online and use it that way. You can buy the app on your phone for fifteen bucks, yeah. which is how I use it most of the time. Or you can buy a hardback version or a, or a, or a soft binding version. Yeah. Um, I, I don't ever open up my giant hardback version because I just do it on my phone or my or on the app. Yeah. Um, and that's the way I like to use it because then you click a footnote and it takes you to that other verse. Yeah. Or you see all the study notes there laid out. Um, really cool stuff. It's just it's super concise. Another one that you know we have is the Spirit of the Disciplines by Dallas Willard. Um, this is one of the best books on the spiritual practices, um, really the ways of Jesus. Yeah. Dallas Willard, um, top notch. Somebody I just recently came into contact with. And yeah. so keep going. Um, uh, well, I yeah. mean, Humility by C.J. Mahaney. That's a, a yeah. short, easy, quick read. Everybody needs to read that. I mean, we're stealing all of our good books. You need to save these. Let's save the rest of them because we're taking all the books we say everybody needs to read. Oh, man. Yeah, good point. <laughs> One more, Nine Marks of the Healthy Church by <laughs> Mark Dever. I you could not say that. I couldn't not say it. All right. I'm a Deverite. I love Mark Dever. And yeah. so um, yeah. I think good. I've already said that but one. But we have some good program resources that we think are essential <laughs> that to That we will recommend ministry. to you at a later date. Yeah. Or you can apply for our internship. And <laughs> yeah, so. That's right. <laughs> um, and then here's the thing. The availability of internships. So that's, let me just give you a few areas you can serve in. So 12th Street Kids, our children's mm-hmm. ministry, you can serve there. With a Z. Yeah, with a Z. We like it with a Z. Uh, junior and senior high ministry or mm-hmm. Student ministry, um, senior adult ministry. A lot of people don't think about that mm-hmm. as an option, but I've got friends that are in uh, in senior adult ministry positions that are young people that love senior adults. You got a lot of people that in medical industry that want to serve in geriatric care. Yeah, and so there's there's a lot of desire for people to serve in that area, and we can have. I joke around with uh, Charles because you know Charles is, does a lot of senior adult ministry here at church, and yeah. I say, man, that's almost like you got another youth group, except that they're married and they can like flirt with one another, and it's completely acceptable. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and they have more money than you. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have more, <laughs> and so, um, like, like, we got some great stories from so they can go trips. on fun trips. Whenever oh they want, man, you know? it's 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 yeah. wonderful, man. Like yeah. it, it it is great. Like I, I told Charles, like, man, you just trade it up for the for like the the the, the bigger student ministry. And well, so, think about this. Great. These are things you don't think about. So if you want to intern and get exposure and experience doing pastoral ministry preaching, you're probably not going to get a lot time on the stage on a Sunday morning. No, I, I left Frostburg having worked every Wednesday morning. I would 
would go and spend an hour at one of our nursing homes and I would read scripture. I preached a little 10 minute sermon at, to them yes. and I led them in music. I mean, so you got all kinds of areas you could lead and how many of those places are there around this town? I mean, there's so many ways you could intern with us and get development by doing that. It's so hard to do that week in and week mm-hmm. out, but you could easily over a one year internship, you could work, you could preach once a week at least, maybe five times a week if you want and to. And that's how you get it. Dude, once again, that's how you get to become man. reps, man. Get, get reps. your reps. It makes yep. you a better preacher overall. Yep. So what other areas? So worship ministry, including mm-hmm. audio visual in yes. that room, uh, communications that would include live stream, social media, audio, video production, uh, other things, communications, and then just a general pastoral ministry internship where you kind of work with the senior pastor, you work with um, whatever other pastoral yes. folks in, and you just get a better understanding of what it means to do pastoral ministry in general, but you don't specify one particular. One of the things I want to do, with, especially with our long-term folks at least, and even with the short-term, we want to ask them to serve in at least two areas and not just one. That's what I was about to say. I was about to bring that up. And when, when we look at this, like you, you're not going to be pigeonholed to one ministry. No. In a lot of ways, I mean, I do that with my seniors when they graduate. They say, hey, can I come back and serve in the student ministry? And I'm like, no, you got to be gone for six months. Like, you know, go away for six months, go serve in the kids' ministry, go serve so elsewhere. And then if you're still here in six months and you don't feel like the kids' ministry or the Wednesday night studies or anything like that, that's not for you, then come back and we can try to figure something out. Because the way that you become more well-rounded is by serving in other areas of the church. So what were you saying? Yeah, Yeah, same thing. I mean, I I think that it's important for you to get well-rounded, you know, experiences. And so if you're going to be a student pastor, you better understand that the students you're receiving are coming from the children's ministry and so you better see that as an investment for you to be connected there yes uh we we can't do siloed ministries Mm-mm. we need to have teamwork ministry especially the size church we are yeah. i mean you gotta have that teamwork across yeah, well, the board. yeah i think the smaller you are the, the 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 more important in some ways um but you've got to understand that everything's tied together. Yes. You don't have a good ministry set up in your church if your senior adults aren't being cared for. Yes. You don't have a good ministry in your church if your children's pastor or, or, or student pastor doesn't understand the relationship between senior adults and their ministry yes. or between each other's ministries. Those are just the things that you have to understand. Our church leadership understand that, mm-hmm. um, but it's something that we do want to make sure our interns get a firm grasp on as well. Yeah, and what they can, hopefully what they can do is they can go into another church, you know, maybe in a part-time position, another internship, or anything along those lines or even into a full-time position and they can go in being feeling equipped to walk into any church and go you know what we learned about this you know we learned through this in 12th street and those things i mean once again it's about intentionality intentional internships are the reason behind why we do this it's not just something that we just throw together it's not just something that we say you know what this sounds like a great idea to do and just fun. No, we yeah. do it to equip the next generation of church leaders. Yep, yep. And, and one last one I didn't include is something that we're looking at moving into the future is having an area where they could serve in the area of missions, like yes. local or international stuff that we could be connected with. And so here's the thing. If somebody you know might be considering serving in a church or going into vocational ministry, it's hard work. It is not always rewarding. It is difficult. It is burdensome at times. In fact, most people, I tell them, if there's something else you think you'd really love doing, probably go and do that. But if you want to learn what it's like to do it, you want to get exposure and experience, then you need to get involved with a church who's intentionally investing in you and not just to fill some holes and not just to get some work out of you, but to develop you and to give you an opportunity to see if you're actually called to ministry. And so we're not going to be perfect at that, but we're going to be intentional about it. Um, We're not going to always do things in the, the way it could be done best. We're going to learn as we go, but we are going to be intentional. We are going to try our best to develop others. And, And at the end of the day, 
Um, I, I think that's the model Jesus modeled for us in Scripture. 100%. Well, y'all, thank y'all so much for tuning in for this week's episode of the ReChurch Podcast. Hey, um, and listen, if you got ideas for episodes, anything that you want to hear, man, message us on Facebook. Yeah, Hit please. us up. Message our 12th Street, uh, the Facebook page. You can message us personally. Um, and then just give us feedback, y'all. We love to hear your feedback. We constantly hear it, and it's so encouraging to hear. So thank y'all so much. And hey, one last thing. If you didn't get to hear our episode with Ty Dillon, we really want to highlight that episode. That was last week's episode. Um, it was absolutely so much fun to do. And I encourage y'all to go back. It's a really great conversation and hope and hopefully a really challenging conversation for us. So tune in next week for the ReChurch Podcast. Peace out.